to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, welcome to another episode of Digging for the Truth. I am bringing back my sweet bride, Randy Taylor. Hi, everybody. Well, I hope that you enjoyed the uh, opening uh, part last week when we talked about uh, you, actually, the parent, and how we all come from someplace and have an upbringing and a preconceived notion of what parenting is. But tonight, we're actually going to be talking about your child. And we're going to really begin this kind of by breaking down something that is important. So we're going to break tonight, just as we do each week, into three parts. But we're going to also begin uh, with each week with the four principles that we call the principles of parenting, core principles, rather. And so principle number one, you know, is to always parent with Jesus. Listen, I, it, it is hard enough to be in this world. I cannot imagine what it is like to try to parent a child without Jesus. We have five kids, as we've mentioned, you know, many times before, and every one of them are different. And whenever I'm dealing with a situation, um, I can't tell you how often I go to God and say, Lord, I don't know what to do about this. Mm -hmm. So have Jesus in the middle of your parenting relationship. Number two, love your child as you love yourself, right? The golden rule, but it's also loving our neighbors. We love ourselves. They're just little neighbors, Mm -hmm. you know? And what did Jesus say whenever he was confronted and asked, well, which is the greatest commandment? Well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. To love your neighbor as you love yourself. And this applies to parenting as well. Number three, have the heart of your children. We're going to, I think it's episode four, right? Mm-hmm. Part four? Yeah, I think so. Three is discipline, okay. four is have the heart yep. of your child. So that's probably our favorite yeah. um, section. And that's what it's all about. It, it's, it's what we're leading to. And <clears throat> so having the heart of your kids... There's a lot of ways that you can do this. There's a lot of ways you can lose it. And the world, if you don't have the heart, trust me, the world is, is doing everything they can. There's millions of voices screaming for the attention of your children and for their heart. Number four, can't control anybody but yourself. This is a hard one yeah. um, <clears throat> because you hear this term, you know, we'll control your children. Well, okay, we need to teach them to self-control. Galatians 5.22 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control and all of those fruits of the spirit help lead to self-control so we will talk about especially next week probably on discipline but we'll we'll kind of frame that out even more Mm -hmm. so this week though we are going to be talking about uh just how god is in three we have we serve we, we serve a triune god the father the son holy spirit well we are made in three parts as god is in three parts we are body soul and spirit and so as we kind of get into this you know we 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 touched on some of this last week but i'm gonna it's worth reiterating frederick Douglass had a phenomenal quote it says it's better to uh it's it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men it's good i wanted to make sure i got that right because it is so true i think i can't tell you how many how many people in my life 
that including myself, we all have baggage, but if you create a healthy framework for in your home as you parent, your children, they're going to leave with baggage, okay? But just a whole lot less baggage. <laughs> and so that's really kind of, you know, what that is, is, uh, is lending itself to. Um, and I want you to remember that, you know, God chose you to be the parent of your children. Handpicked. He handpicked you for them. And, you know, our, our child was created in the image of God as well. And so we, as we parent, and this is going to be important, you know, and it's going to be something that we mention again and again, but that we treat them with dignity and respect. And so tonight is important because we're going to talk about, you know, our body, our soul, and our spirit. But just like anything else, we're going to start simply. We're going to start with our body. Physical needs. This may seem kind of, well, duh, you guys, I'm not stupid, but it, it really... It really is important to discuss it because I feel like so many times we try to make our kids like us. If we can skip lunch and we're fine, then our kids should be able to do that too. But truly, um, those little bodies need calories and they need they need a... And a, hangry is a real thing. Hangry is a real thing. It's scientifically proven at this point, but it is a real thing. Yeah, especially in our house. We, <clears> have, we have a couple, in, including... Me. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> even before we come have these podcasts, I'm like, yeah. have you eaten? Because I don't want to get in trouble. I, I, <laughs> I probably should eat, huh? Okay. <laughs> so I ate before I came to this podcast. So she's ready to go. She's I'm sweet. Ready. She's super sweet. I'm happy sweet. now. Yeah. But so th- the thing is, your kids probably need regular snacks. I am astonished how much food some kids can put down. Not just kids. Man, so we have four girls, right? And one boy, four oh, girls. So you always think the, the boys are going to be, right. man. These girls, they can, I, I don't know, man. I think we, we should have some competitions. I think the girls could out eat them. They can put it away. All you, all you with girls out there like, uh-huh. I, I hear some people saying amen to that. <laughs> but there are also things, um, you know, if they have a tummy ache because of something they eat, they might not be able to articulate that to you. And it'll make them crabby. Or we had a situation, I won't tell which child, or child of ours but we, if we gave this particular child sugar, they would. Come oh, they, off, they couldn't hold their sugar, man. Off the tracks. And it would. Within 24 within hours. Within 24 hours. And they would have massive tantrums and. Couldn't control pre- themselves. Pretty much be an impossible person. And some. It's interesting. Somebody looked at this child of ours and they said. They pointed across the bridge of their nose. Those of you who can't see me, um, you're listening. I'm pointing to my nose, the bridge of my nose. And they looked at our child and they said, oh, they have the the sugar bug vein. And I tilted my head and I said, the what? And they smiled and they said, well, in the Japanese culture, there's something called the sugar bug vein that if that child has sugar, they or that child should not have sugar because they become aggressive or something to that extent. It, oh, and been, it, it's very true. And we found that to be true. So we truly, truly tried to limit sugar for this child. And it, it really revolutionized our family. It, it really it, did. And her. And you said her. So it's well, we got, Hey, but listen, we, we got, we got four girls, man. You don't, so know, you which, don't know which girl. You don't know which girl. <laughs> and it's something that also this lends it to principle number one, parenting with Jesus. Um, when, since you already said her, I'm going to start saying her, it's (laughs) less words. Um, 
you know, I was going before the Lord because it's exasperating and exhausting to have a child who throws tantrums every day. It is. And they're trying to hurt you. They're trying to hurt themselves. They hurt the furniture, whatever. Um, I have been there and it's exasperating. And I was going before the Lord saying, how do I, how do I help her? Because I know I, I, I don't want to throw a tantrum because I know that just would be like gasoline on a fire. So going before the Lord, I just felt the Holy Spirit tell me, you need to take her sweet little face in your hands every night and tell her, I love you when you're good. I love you when you throw a fit. I love you when you pinch me. I love you all the time. There is nothing that you could do that would change that. Mm. And I just love you. And so I would say that to her every night and kiss her face and Eventually, her heart began to believe me, and that self-control was developed. And, and meanwhile, we're giving her tools saying, if you feel that coming on, you, you can feel that way, but that's not who you are. And just beginning to equip her with Bible verses and encouraging her that she can have self-control, um, it completely changed our family. And within maybe a year of the, obeying what the Spirit spoke over her, we began to see her stop. You know what's interesting too? <clears throat> so she also through this period began to really cultivate her love of God and worship. Mm-hmm. And she would just sit in at the piano and play and mm-hmm. sing and make up songs and worship. In fact, one one story is <clears throat> Brandy been talking about, you know, just the Saints and China. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll okay. tell you. Yeah, you share it. Yeah. Sorry I interrupted. No, you're this, good. It's one of my favorite stories. Um, I had been sharing with our children during Bible time about the saints in China and just how fortunate and blessed we are as Americans to be able to go to church, to own Bibles, to have stores dedicated to Bibles. And um, this. Well, really, at least as of, you know, March 2023. Right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I. I was just sharing that with them, though, and it really burdened her heart. And she came to me after and was asking a lot of questions. And um, I just remember later, and, and one of her tools in her in her little toolbox to not throw tantrums was music. So if, if you feel the peace of God when you listen to songs or when you play songs, let's do that. So that's a little rewind. Um, I heard her at our piano and she was just playing her chords and she was singing and um i can't even remember what she was singing but it was something along the lines of look up look up and believe and god is with you these kinds of things from a sweet little innocent heart and after she was done i didn't interrupt her but i was just oh that is gold and that's something i will ponder in my heart forever and ever and ever and she she got finished and I said, I heard you singing and that was really powerful. I felt Jesus in that. What, what was that about? Do you mind telling me? And she said, I was singing and praying over the saints in China and I just lost it. I was a gooey <laughs> mess. That's my favorite story. But so by equipping your children with scripture, telling them they can overcome how they feel they are not their feelings. It's okay, though, to be angry. It's okay to be ticked. Um, but just to give them the toolbox they need, let's go listen to this song. It brings me peace, and it makes me think of Jesus. And, and it she, connects back to our physical body because right. sometimes that's, like, that's where this began was the catalyst right. was 
physical. Mm-hmm. And then that became soul and spirit. So. Right. And explaining that to them. They get it, guys. They they are so intelligent. And so just telling telling them, you feel this way because you ate this, but this is also, you were created in three, just like just like the father. Um, another important thing is exercise and fresh air. I feel like because um, we, it's a dangerous world and because so many of us are limited in space, you can't just send your kids out on the, the bike. Like we, a, a lot of us grew man, up. When I was a kid, when I grew up, man, I was uh, all over town on my bike. You, you rode miles and miles and miles and miles away. I, I can't believe how far you rode, but it's impressive. But Different world. Yeah, different world. Um, our kids, they don't have quite the opportunity that we have. But if you have a safe space where they can get outside, climb trees, get dirty, and if they dig holes, don't get too mad at them. Playing in the mud and feeling grass. Grass on their toes, yeah. Grass on their toes. I think there's even a scientific study that when babies felt grass underneath their feet that they – they were genius. I I should be equipped with that. Well, I like the ones where you the videos where you put the baby on the grass and then Ooh. they pick the yeah <laughs> they stick the leg straight up. Yeah, it's so cute. I like that one. I think we had a couple of kids like that ourselves, but to get to get them outside to work out that energy that energy is God given and yeah. it frustrates us. Like we said last week, kids are you know they'll inconvenience you and make you feel uncomfortable but i feel like being sent outside to play open-ended play you're not telling them what to play you're just letting them play and i think that that is a fundamental part of childhood and their development they need open-ended play they need fresh air they need exercise um i feel like and i might have a lot of boo feedback on this, so maybe I shouldn't say it, but I often wonder if a lot of the children who are prescribed ADD, ADHD kind of medication, if they just need to go outside and play. May- I'd have probably been diagnosed as that. I think there's, it's a real thing. And, yeah, and okay, I do too. And we, we both agree with that. Yeah. We also think though that it's um, overused. I think some kids just, man, I was a handful, um, you know, and maybe I still am. I don't know. But <clears throat> I think that sometimes just we're going back to that physical body. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes there are natural, especially just letting them get out and play and be because it's going to reduce cortisol levels and all types of things. Right. Get that vitamin D. It's really important. And, and I'm sorry if I've offended anybody by the, the ADHD statement, because I really believe that it's a legitimate concern. So you listen to God for your kid on that. But um, if you're on the fence and you don't know, just try, try physical activity. Um, I remember when one of our kids was five, they, uh, we jog and she went with me and she was able to jog a mile and five years old. They, they have a a great capacity. So if, if you're on the fence, just maybe consider getting out to the track or something and just seeing how, if they like it and if that's a good outlet for them and a healthy way for them to expel all that cortisol and that, that energy. Um, Sleep is another really important part of a childhood. Um, having a, a consistent schedule, it's kind of, this is kind of a no-brainer. But um, some kids thrive on eight hours. Some need a lot more than that. Well, depending on their age. Yeah. You know, uh, when they're infants and teenagers, they seem to need a whole lot more. So, mm-hmm. And here's where I would put in a plug and just... Our teens, they are developing just as much as our infants were, but now they have the distraction of that phone. And if at all, 
if you can have them put their phone in your bedroom so they don't hear the chime and they aren't tempted to. Well, not only that, it, to protect their hearts. I mean, yeah, just 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 since you're saying in our home. Um, <clears throat> now, once you get you, you eventually earn the right by 18, you have to be able to self-regulate. Um, but, you know, phones, they they live in the kitchen. They have to be down by 930, 10 o'clock. We have different you know rules depending on age. Our youngest children, so we have got to the point where we won't even allow our youngest children uh, to even have a phone until they're 16, ready to drive. And <clears throat> there you think, oh, my gosh. that's Well, here's the thing is that we're protecting their innocence. And when we do it, I have a lot of empirical data on this at this point. Yeah. You know, not just because, you know, I have kids, but, I mean, my industry and my what I do for a living. Well, so. and you, you have a ministry, Kids, Parents, and Tech. So you've gone I've, out and talked to thousands of students and teachers you're you're qualified to say it so i just anyway that's just a quick plug but regardless of what are you doing i'm not criticizing you if you're doing something different just listen to the father and trust your peace um but yeah keep uh, make your kids keep that in 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 the kitchen and they can use a good old-fashioned alarm clock alarm clock to wake up Mm -hmm. yeah Well, and this is another no-brainer, so I won't take long on it, but safety. Assume your kid is going to find the most dangerous thing in the room, especially six and under, seven and under. Um, so just Or, you know, a teenage boy, 16, 18. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, 46-year-old. <laughs> you know, if you have certain types of explosives. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about, tell us about proper physical touch and how important you know, physical touch is, is really, really important. In fact, we live in a world that is incredibly perverted. Um, I mean, the, the, the sexual abuse, so Brandy and I, as we mentioned before, we've taught classes, and, and the people that are coming in some are many more uh, CPS cases. <clears throat> we've heard so many horrible stories uh, that will absolutely just wrench your heart. Uh, from areas of abuse to sexual abuse, uh, it's just so. One of the things, but, but I'm, I'm going to say a few things here that that, um, and I'll I just don't want you to hear it, that what I am about to say on some of these things may not pertain to you. Okay, these are what we do. We take we do everything with an abundance of caution. But let's talk about proper physical touch. You know, <clears throat> even here I had a, a friend the other day I was having lunch with tell me about one of their kids who was in a school here in Amarillo, and that kid basically was saying, my daddy tells me to do this and to do this and do this. And eventually, they had to, I mean, they had to call the, the authorities. And it, 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 you just don't, it is such a sick world, a hyper-sexualized world. So, um, you know, it's so important that they have proper, and proper physical touch is incredibly important. In fact, um, when a baby is born, there's all these studies that were, that, well, it's not even just studies. They, well, there were studies, but, you know, you know, you take, you know, Russia and some of these Cold War, you know, and these orphanages and, and they, these kids, these babies, I mean, they were fed, they were changed, and they were just, but they were never loved, held. And they basically created sociopaths. I mean, and, and so... It, it is a very important thing, especially what do they say when the baby's born? The very first thing you want to do is incredible, just put it up on the mama's yeah. bare skin. Skin to skin contact. Yeah, that skin to skin contact. And it's beautiful. It's, it, it is beautiful. So when we talk about f- proper physical contact, you know, we teach our children, um, you know, that any place that where you would have, you know, a swimsuit or anything else, nobody, nobody, not daddy, nobody should ever touch you in these places. Mm-hmm. And we talk about modesty with our kids. Um, when it comes to me hugging my kids, all these little girls, my goodness, they want to cuddle. They want to get in my lap, and that's great. Um, but I do the several things. I do not let them straddle me. Um, they have to sit across, or, or they might sit on my lap, like right here while we're watching a show or something like that. Um, 
but do not let them straddle me. Uh, and this is the one thing I'm going to mention that some people just can't hardly cope with, but I don't kiss any of my children on the lips. You know, <clears throat> I know you think, and I'm, if you do, I'm not criticizing you. So you don't leave comments saying I called you a pedophile. Somebody actually did that one time. Mm -hmm. And I was no, by no means calling him a pedophile. No. Okay. I was like, this is out of an, out of, uh, an abundance of caution. Uh, and, and so I, but I do love on them. I kiss them all the time on the cheeks, on the forehead. I mean, I, I mean, I give them big hugs and kisses. It's just, and what's funny is every now and then those little girls, they'll, you know, they'll try to turn that face real quick and just get peck in there. I'm like, no, <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's, but it's, it's just basically to let them understand, Hey, listen, I'm your daddy. I'm, and they know I'm willing to die for them. Um, and if I'm willing to, it, these are the boundaries that I'm setting for them. So I'm setting the standard for them. So if somebody else tries to do something that daddy won't do, they know that's not good. So uh, real quick, um, your teens, they need hugs. They need hugs and kisses too, man. Uh, you know, not too long ago, my 18-year-old, my you know, she sat in my lap just like a little girl, you know. <laughs> and so it's, they need those hugs. And when, they, when we, we give them that proper physical touch and those hugs, I mean, think about what it does for you. You might be thinking, well, I don't like hugs. My boy... He, he's kind of like... Yeah, he, he's like a limp noodle, man. He does not want to be hugged, okay? <laughs> but, you know, he... But here's the thing is that, ironically, I think he really kind of enjoys it on the inside. Because anyway, I'll, I'll come up behind him and just kind of hug. Hey, buddy. And he doesn't fight me too much on that. Yeah. He's getting better at giving his mama hugs. Yeah, but, I like it. But if I leave... For, but I will say this. If I try to leave without giving hugs to the girls, oh. um, I create... In fact, I've had to come back before to the house I'm like oh they they're just really sad can you fix this because they'll they'll be sad for hours <laughs> so so anyway so setting proper physical touch um you know is a very important a very important thing so we're going to move on to uh, number section number two and uh, some of these will go a little bit faster um but we're going to be talking about our soul now this is this is a narrow focus but we're going to go ahead for argument's sake and we're going to talk about mind will and emotions because when we talk about our spirit, eternal, next, we still will have our mind. We still will have our will. We still will have emotions, okay? So our personality stays intact. But when we talk about the soul, we're talking basically about the connectivity, you know, tissue, the connective tissue between our body and our spirit. And, you know, as believers, we have a tendency to focus all the time, you know, about our, we talk about the body, Okay, but then we also talk, but we focus on the spirit all the time. And then we talk about the body of Christ, right? I mean, there's all this body and spirit, body and spirit. But you know what we leave out all the time is soul. Do you know how, much script, how many scriptures there are about souls, about our soul? I'm going to read something to you that will resonate and you'll, you'll recognize. In uh, Psalm 103, verses 1 through 4, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I want you to think, there's so many things that happened in this, in this scripture, okay? It touched mouth, good things in our mouth. It touched our soul. It touched the spirit. It, you know, it talked about renewing our energy. You know, so we need to, we have a tendency to really neglect our soul. So beginning, really, so let's just break those three pieces down and uh, let's begin with the mind. 
Well, and I, I'll just open with this on my section here. I have a few introverts, and they truly need a quiet space to replenish and to feel like the best version of themselves. And so I'm teaching them at an early age to build that into their schedule. If I see that they're slumped and I, I'm just watching their nonverbals and they're not okay, do you need some time by yourself? And not in a, you need to be by yourself. You are, you are a hot mess or whatever. No, it's, it's more of a, I'm trying to nurture you and teach you how to nurture yourself. So that's where I am. Knowing their personalities and helping them understand the way you were made is amazing. It's not wrong. And you feel this way because your soul is tired. You've been around people all day and you kind of need some time by yourself. How about I make you a cup of tea and you can go in your room and read? That's that's my, yeah, that's my good. candy girl. Um, curiosity is a fundamental part of childhood. It's the part of childhood that drives a lot of us control freaks crazy <laughs> it's the the bowls and pots and pans out of the cabinets all over the kitchen of the floor and the bang 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 of the pots and pans and lids and spoons and um that's why the baby drops the sippy cup off the high chair um they just want to know and discover and if i do this what happens and even what buttons can I push on mom and dad before they explode? This is fun. So, <laughs> Oh, that was dad. That wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just teaching, teaching them to be curious, to keep chasing things, to keep that wonder alive, um, to, to supply them with, with things that make them curious. Um, buckets full of rice or sand or Play-Doh, the things that are messy and, with our first two kids, I feel like they, well, maybe they didn't totally miss out, but they sure didn't get as much of it as our last They were, they were a couple of lab rats, guinea pigs, yeah. whatever. Yeah, no, no. But I, I definitely, like if they were bored, we'd go outside and play with Play-Doh and stuff. With the girls, they played with Play-Doh and glitter until he banned it. I did ban glitter. And you know what? Glitter is, a, is straight is straight from Satan, man. They'd be like, dude, you've, you got some yeah, glitter. Yeah, I mean, I'll be in a meeting, you know, and I have <laughs> glitter all over my beard, and I've, been, I've had it all day. You know, anyway, yeah. the worst one, I will say this, the worst one was they've been watching uh, Tinkerbell. Oh. Okay. And they had this whole huge deal of gold, gold glitter. glitter. And one kid said, hey, you want to fly like Tinkerbell? And it dumped like Pixie dance. Yeah, and dumped the entire thing on top of her head, man. You know how many weeks it takes to get glitter out of a kid's head? It was impressive. Like and weeks. Awful. Yeah. And like scrubbing it off her. Oh, wow. And we would find it in the weirdest places. Be like, oh, there's gold glitter. Pixie dust. Anyway, so fostering their creativity, giving them that free space and create, creating that time, carving out that time at the kitchen table where they're they're making a mess, creating, finding out what they're good at. And in our house, as y'all know, we're both musicians. Um, we have all kinds of instruments and we have taught them how to respect them and how to play them. Even if they're not making beautiful sounds from the instrument yet, if they're not producing music as we would call it yet, but they're respecting it, then they can keep producing screeches and whatever, as long as they respect right. the instrument and, and they're considerate of those around them. Um, we've given them that liberty and the fruit of that now, 10 years. Yeah, in, it's pretty cool. So you probably, you've probably seen... You know, our boy, he's a 16-year-old. He's a phenomenal guitarist. The one who doesn't like being having any attention, you, you, he's been on the stage, and he's, he's 
he really has the talent to do. I think he's a savant. Uh, and he's and he's so stinking good. Um, I you know, his mom. Yeah. And, well, and McKinley, you know, she's been um, so up good. on stage also singing. She has a great voice, a yeah. heart for worship. She's been doing a lot of other things with her other ministries as well. Yeah. So seeing them, you know, seeing that gift come out in them is, is cool. And it begins, it begins with screeches and plucks and dings and whatever. But ironically, <clears throat> she's really susceptible to noise. But that, for some reason, yeah. never, you know, has been an issue. I think it's God's grace because I, I really feel like music is a godly, uh, what's the word? It, he's called our, that. Well, it's coming in and going out, you know. Yeah, it's you called know, on our family. It, it, it is, and so I mean, worship. I mean, even it's even going before the armies, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he go, you go out first in worship. Yeah. And so it's, but anyway. But that's that's the Taylor House. You you have your house. If it's even teaching the kids how to how to work with cars or wood or um, gardening, just whatever interests your family, bring them in. They're not too young, and and just teach them how to respect it. Teach them how to be safe because some of those things matter, right? Yeah. But yeah. Um, just foster that creativity because they are absolutely intelligent and, and genius. Um. I'd also encourage you to read, 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 read. I think that this has made a world of difference in, in, our, in our own children. I just, I see that the more words they have, the more the wheels turn and it's, it's beautiful. So read, get your hands on some fantastic books. If you don't, if you need a list, come find me at church. She has a book problem. It's you know, not a problem. And uh, she'll, the library every year, whenever they, you know, trying to get rid of all these books. I'm a she friend. Should, yeah. And she, she, we have a van. She'll fill that sucker up, man. No, I won't. <laughs> but I do buy between 20 and 40 books a week. Uh, a week? A month. A month. month. Yeah, a month. month. Yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're all they're, used. They're, well, hold on a minute. If used. We av- if we average them out for the year, it might be more. I don't know. Let's talk about the will. <laughs> all right. That's I'll let you kick us off. Oh, okay. Um, nurture healthy independence in your children. It, we're, I don't remember which smart man said this. Maybe James Thompson, but he he said we're raising adults, and it's important that we let them be independent. Sometimes they might wear the polka dot pink and purple shirt with the lime green plaid pants, and that might really get on your nerves. But I if, think it looks cool. Yeah, but if she's but you're looking it, at the dress you're watching, you can see who the better dresser is of the two of us. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but just let letting them be independent. Um, I remember when our first went to kindergarten, she wanted to fix her own hair. And I was such a control freak. I, I let her, finally, because I felt the Lord saying, does this really matter, Brandy? And I, no, okay. So I emailed her teacher and said, you might notice that McKinley's coming to school with an interesting hairstyle. That's, <laughs> I would never do that now. Uh, that's it kind of embarrasses me, but I'll tell y'all. Well, so talk about transparency. So we'll, we'll tell y'all our words. You know, yeah. so you know, also, you also need to teach accountability. This is something that is incredibly lost in society. Not holding, you know, ourselves accountable or being held accountable. In fact, that's where the whole entitlement comes from. Is because you think that you deserve something, and there's no consequences whenever you act otherwise. That is something that you, you see the sickness that has fallen upon our society because of this. So we have got to teach our children 
what accountability is. Well, okay, well, here's this. Here's what you did. Here, here's the consequences if you do such and such. And when you do this, and, and we'll talk about this on discipline, but you've got to defend those borders. They are like those raptors on, you know, Jurassic Park. That There's that one scene where it says, she never checks the same place twice. You know, whatever he said, you know what I mean? And they, they will continue to test that fence. So you've got to be incredibly diligent. Hold them accountable to the standards that you set. More importantly, to the standards that God sets. And consistently. And consistently. And you will have to defend that border. Principle number four is you can't control anyone except yourself. So by us choosing to have self-control when they've lost theirs, that's setting a good example. If we happen to lose our control, which we have both done many times. Especially her. I mean, I, I, I only just destroyed a weed eater one time. but you know. I have never destroyed a weed eater. And it was Easter Sunday, ironically. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Weeders are evil, man. Yeah, that, he, it shouldn't have treated you like that. Anyway, sorry, I digress. I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, when you lose control. <laughs> 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 if they've lost their control, just reminding them, you can feel that way, but there, there's consequences if you do this. And if we lose our control, then we're, we're apologizing. But to, to not hold your children accountable and to teach them self-control is to raise a wild adult. You know, the other thing is we have to teach our children to respect authority. That is, again, that, that kind of goes back to, you know, accountability, but it's, it's, it's a separate category. I remember one time, uh, I'm trying to remember, I think it was a Wendy's, and there were these two teenage kids, and, you know— <clears throat> If you need to ever be set straight, I'd be happy to. You know, I mean, if you want to, if you want to go through this, I believe that young men—these were young men, probably 16 years old or so—they needed the way. So what happened was, I went inside because there's there's a long line. So I went inside to get my food and walking out, and I just said, "Excuse me," to these teenage boys, and uh, and 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 because they were kind of in the way at the door, they said, "Yeah, excuse you," and I was like. All right, it is time for an object lesson in life, you two. Anyway, by the time I had done there, wide-eyed and yes-sirring. But, you know, the, the thing is, is that kids don't have any respect for authority. And so we need to, if you, I teach my children, if you want to have authority, respect authority. If you want to have respect, give respect. And this is, these are, these are biblical principles. You're not things that I'm pulling out of my hat. So it's just something, though, that is very lost. And I, I see so many Christian parents that do not hold their children accountable to the standard which they should. And then they don't teach them to respect authority because they won't defend themselves. Uh, the kids, you know, the man, I tell you, you can talk to me one way. Now, y'all still said it straight. You can talk to me one way. But in our house, if a kid speaks negatively to her and I'm in the room, <laughs> Woo, man, you better watch out. Well, even if it's not our family, you, oh, you've yeah. been known okay, to, all right, well, hey, yeah. you really shouldn't be talking to your mom or your dad that way. Like, he, he, he's big on that, and I, I really love and respect that. I wish I had the courage sometimes just to stand up for my friends when they're being so, steamrolled. So teach respect and authority. Yeah, yeah. Um, as believers, it's important that we teach our kids to love God and love people. Um, by Loving people, we are teaching our children to see grown-ups. If they're playing their video game 
and someone comes up to tell them, they go out of their way to come tell our kid hi, and their video game is there. You pause that game, and you look at their eyes, and you say, hello, how are you? You you interact with them because those people that went out of their way to tell you hi are more important. And then find, find people and go tell them hi and love on them. Even though you're a child, your words are mighty. Your attention is mighty. And when you love on people, they feel like they're being loved by God. And just raising them in, in that context. Also, manners. Yes. Man, manners are a way to teach love and respect. They are. The only reason we have manners and, and dignity is... And etiquette used to be a thing. And yeah. some of it was out of the... Out, I get it. Some of it was over the too top. Too rigid. Okay, too yeah. rigid. But I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's manners and etiquette. Right. And show respect, that you respect other people and that you see them and I'm willing to treat you... Right. I think when etiquette is treated in a legalistic way. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's when it, it becomes heart sick. But when we see manners as a way to honor that person yeah. and not gross them out or to be rude, I think it, it, it puts it in the context it, of loving your neighbor. It's not just that. It's like opening doors, pulling chairs, yeah. offering somebody to go before you. I mean, these are all things that, I mean, you know, we live in such a selfish time in society. Even, even, you know, it's hard, it's hard keeping our, keeping our faith when we're driving around these days sometimes, oh, right? Yeah. But, but, you know, just, is it a big deal? I mean, yeah, go ahead, whatever, get in front of me, I don't care, you know, but so many people don't, especially if you're trying to leave downtown, you know, anywhere near five o'clock, it all funnels to one lane. The best of everybody comes out. It's just so wonderful, but it's, but that's, it, you talk about manners though. It's, and so every now and then I'll just stop and just, hey, just go ahead, go ahead. And it's amazing though, when your people are fighting for a spot that when you show them an act of kindness and you wave, just wave at them, say, oh, go ahead, that all of a sudden you can see facades come down. And, yeah, the and ice the, melts. Yeah, <laughs> even, even driving. So anyway. Right. Well, and I just, I love that some, sometimes he'll come home and talk about the driving and he'll, he'll discuss that. And I, I, I love that you can be transparent in front of your kids, but also show but I held it together, or this is what I did. I, so be, you don't have to be perfect in front of them. They need, no. they need to know you were frustrated. <laughs> Our kids, so, you know, we keep it at age-appropriate levels, okay? Mm-hmm. But my kids, they, they see the real me. I do not – everybody does. I'm, I don't, I'm not a one person in front of y'all. I'm not one person at church. I'm, I really am the same wherever I'm at. I remember one story I'm going to share real quick. There was a pastor that I respected, and when he was a teenager, his, his dad, he'd never heard his dad say a swear word, never seen him drink, never any of this stuff. Well, he was probably about 16 years old, and his dad was his hero. He was probably about 16, 17 years old, and his dad didn't think he was going to be home, or I'm not sure exactly, but he, he encountered his dad and some of his buddies right in the back patio, and they were drinking uh, and cussing. And I, I'm not... Uh, hey, listen, I'm not crit- I'm just saying be who you are. I have no problems. Trust me. There's been a few words come out of my mouth, okay? And uh, today. I mean, no. <laughs> no, not the- Okay, well, maybe. I don't know. Now I have to think about it, okay? No, I really do try to control my tongue. The second thing is, is I'm not criticizing if you drink, okay? I'm, I'm not doing that. God says don't drink to excess. So I'm not trying to get into any of that. But what it was in this particular story, though, is that he saw his father had spoken against all of these things but was doing them all. And it actually really caused him to question his faith. Um, and it, it, it pushed him far and he took down some avenues. And eventually, though, he came back to God. 
It's a good message he gave. It's called the prodigal son. I still remember that. I was in college. I remember going to that service by myself and, and just sitting there and listening. And it's one of those things that, so when we talk about setting that example, being who we are, being genuine, be that in front of your kids. Um, emotions. Let's talk about emotions because emotions come up through all of this. And I said it last week. It's worth repeating that emotions are wonderful servants, but they are horrible masters. We live in a time where it says, I feel like a girl. I feel like a boy when they're not. Uh, we just, this, this week, is, I mean, we had the, that transgender shooting. So a girl who wanted to be a boy went in to a Christian school, you know, wanted to kill people, killed some children. She was eventually taken. You know, that's horrible. Those, those are, everybody says, well, we need to take all the guns away. Listen, the guns are the smoke. We talk, need to talk about the fire. Well, we deny the identity of God, and all of that came about. You know, the, our identity, our image, the image of God. We are created in the image of God, male, female. Not going to get real deep on that tonight, but when we reject the image of God based on our feelings, based on our emotions, then you have a society that begins to turn their backs on God, and then you have chaos that ensues. So we need to teach, their, teach our kids that, we can be validated by our feelings, but many times our feelings will lie to us. We're angry for a reason that may not line up with reality. And that's something that we really need to teach them. Um, that old saying, you know, words will never hurt me. You know, I can tell you several encounters in my life right now that words did way more damage than a baseball bat, you know, to the gut. So it, it, they do hurt, but we have to teach our children, okay. What does God say about turning the cheek, you know, praying for, in some cases, our enemies, people are gossiping or saying things bad about us. Um, it, we have to turn these into, okay, listen, we got to give it to God. We can't, remember, principle number four, you can't control anybody but yourself. So it, all this ties together. How do we line up God's promise, reality, with how we feel? And this is something that you'll have to do every day. I cannot tell you how many times every day. I or Brandy, even before we left to come up here, there was one of the kids that was playing the victim card, you know, and it was about emotions and the way they felt. So this is something that's going to be a constant theme, uh, raising children. I like the way Brandy says this, you know, is that yelling is for emergencies, you know. Uh, we don't yell at our home. Well, we're, I'm loud. Okay, just <laughs> if you know me, I'm loud. I am. I get it. You can say it. Sorry, I am. But I don't yell um, unless I have to. Like when my voice gets to a certain pitch or a certain decibel level, or if Brandy's does, that's in, that, that's saying, hey, there's 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 something something's wrong, danger, right? Um, you have anything you want to add on that? Well, and if if you if you've lost it, I I've certainly yelled a lot. A lot, especially when the three little girls were infant and toddler, because they, they were just born so close together. So I really did feel crazy. I mean, I'll just I'll just be honest with you. It was uh, it was a tough season. It, there, it, it yeah, really was. It really was, and I I found myself yelling a lot, and I would just remember the Lord, knock knock, you, you're feeling a little stressed. It's not as important as you're making it. So just go take a minute. And um, 
God did a lot of wonderful things in my heart in that season, but the enemy comes in and he comes to shame and he tells you how bad you are, what a bad parent you are and how you're scarring the children for life. But God is so good. He's, he's a redemptive he God. And you just go to them and you tell them, listen, I yelled at you. I made you feel small. Didn't I? I made I made you feel stupid when I said that. And I'm really sorry. Just taking responsibility for how you treated them, and and they just, and they they will forgive you. They do. They're wonderful. And, and and they they can sniff out a rat too. They know when you're sincere and when you're not. Mm-hmm. And and so we all make mistakes. <clears throat> and uh, I've made. I, I probably apologize to kids more than she has. The only reason I don't. The only reason maybe not is because you're with them more. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with them all but, day, so I think I win. You know, but we do. This is a great example though of showing unconditional love. And, and being a safe place, safe place for them, safe place for them to fail. You know, kids are going to fail. You're going to fail. You have failed. Okay. I failed. You know, I have learned far more from my failures than I've ever learned from any successes. Okay. My failures say, oof, don't do that again. Mm-hmm. You know, and our children are going to do the same thing. So we have got to be that safe place. Show them unconditional love. Set the proper boundaries. Yes, proper responses. But, you know, and then... <sighs> I'll tell you what, I'm going to be pretty transparent. Be sympathetic um, and empathetic. It depends on, on what the circumstances are, but I will say there was a circumstance as some kids have gotten older in certain situations where I wasn't very sympathetic. Um, and God checked me on it. Mm. And so I went and sat. I mean, it, I'm talking about my older kids, so you know it's one of the two old ones, okay? And my boy, he doesn't talk hardly, you know, to me on, on emotionally. We have to really sit down and create space for that. And so it was my girl. It was McKinley. Um, and I had done something really to, to kind of to offend her, honestly. And I did not show sympathy or empathy about a particular deal. And the Lord checked me. And <clears throat> in that particular instance, I went into her room and I sat on, closed the door, sat on her floor and I told her, I'm really sorry about this. I was wrong. And tears began. She lost it. She did. That's all I had to say. She saw I'm on her team again. And it's not that I wasn't on her team, but she didn't feel like I was on her team. And the tears began to flow and we connected. Goes back to what? Having the heart of your child. And, and, and so just know you're going to make mistakes and screw up. Just be transparent and, and honest with yourself. Let God speak to you. When you hear God, act. Mm-hmm. And just telling your kids, I remember what it was be to, I w- remember what it was like to be in your shoes. And I'm really sorry. It's hard. And you're doing a great job. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's finish this up with section number three. And, you know, the spirit, it's who we truly are. This is the eternal part of us. And, I may do another, you know, podcast because everybody, you know, don't don't put out in the comments, oh, there's more to the soul than the, you know, mind, will, and emotions. I agree, okay, and we can get more sophisticated in what the word says about, you know, our personalities, our will, our mind, because we know that in heaven we have clearly our mind. We clearly have a will. We clearly have emotions. So don't, don't, but it is something. We know that, uh, anyway, we know that, there's more to cover there, but let's now go to what's eternal, and that is who we truly are, and that's our spirit. You know, uh, I'm an evangelist, 
Ephesians 4.11 talks about the fivefold ministry. I um, have had the, the opportunity to lead many people to Christ. And that is probably my favorite thing. I, I think that that's why I'm on this planet. It, honestly, I mean, is to lead people to Jesus. That's my heart. And I do all these other things, but my heart is to tell people about Jesus. The most important people that we can tell about Jesus um, as, a, as a parent, you're most, I'm going to go and just say it this way. Your number one most important job as a parent, period, is to introduce your children to Jesus Christ, to help them foster and come into a relationship with Jesus. It's the most important thing that you'll ever do, which we'll talk more about in a minute, but for your children. And let me tell you something. Parenting is easier when, you're, when, when, when God is in the middle of your home. When your children have a relationship with Jesus, when you have a relationship with Jesus, you know, and so that's the number one thing. The second thing that we really need to talk about is I can't tell you how many times I've heard it. I've, I've had lunches, people sitting across from me uh, saying, I hate organized religion. I'm like, yeah, me too. And they don't, that, they, that was their argument. They're ready to have a conversation and a fight about it. Um, I can think of two people right now. And they, that kind of destroyed the argument. So then they said, well, what is it about Jesus? I, I, I don't get it. I'm like, because God didn't call us to religion. He called us to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything Jesus did for us, everything God has done for us, everything, read Revelations. You, you know, Revelation, sorry, I know I said, had a little plural on there. But in the Revelation, look at everything that happens and it's for our future. But it's because God loves us so much, he cannot wait to live you know, with his children in eternity, and not only live, but to have the most beautiful place to do it. And so it's about relationship. That needs to also be how it's mimicked or relayed to our children. If we establish rules without relationship, the result will be rebellion. And I'll tell you this, it, it kind of goes back to even what I said, you know, if we if we provoke our children to wrath, if we don't have a you know, sympathetic and empathetic heart towards them, if we create all these rules, all right, you know, because this was good for you, and, you know, but then there's not the relationship to go along with it, your child is going to rebel. It's a given. So it's really important, you know, that we speak. And then there's that term legalism. You know, I think we've mentioned that several times. I probably need to do elaborate on that more but that's basically you know you, you've experienced this like well you know i've heard people say well if you drink alcohol you're going to go to hell well that's not what the bible says okay <laughs> i mean or you know that's legalism okay oh if you're smoking a cigarette you're going to die go to hell that's not at all what jesus said okay it has i mean so what happens the pharisees the pharisees and the sadducees that was what legalism looks like so anyway, I think I don't want to beat a dead horse on that, but just, you know, because there's two sides of this. You can be too loose, which we'll talk actually, I think, about that a little bit uh, on the discipline stuff. But you can be too permissive, and you can also be just massively strict. And that's not what God wants. He says, create relationship. Part of being a great parent is speaking to your children of their value to you and their importance to you, and then also to God. Telling them, I'm proud of you, I love you. I love who God made you. Um, 
just I'm glad to be your mom. I'm glad to be your parent. Watching you is one of the greatest joys in my life. And not not fluffing things and being dishonest, but just just speaking of their value. And when they do something well, being uh, very generous with your praise to them, they will thrive on it like a plant with water and sunshine. Um, I feel like we often will hear our kids, but not really listen to our kids. And so stopping what we're doing and sitting down the phone and seeing those eyeballs, that, that communicates you're important to me. What you're telling me is way more important than what's on my phone. And so putting the phone down and, and getting eyeball to eyeball with them and really hearing their story and just being able to witness what's happening in their life, getting on your hands and knees and looking inside the the dollhouse, what they did, or the Lego creation they made, um, by spending time with them, that also communicates volume. She says something that's really big right there. Um, so my kids, they'll... It's easy sometimes to come home from work, men. I'm just gonna men or women. I know, um, and to come home from work, you're mentally tired. You're, you're kind of you're ready, you know, to f- get something in your stomach, you know, sit down and recreate maybe or, or whatever. But and they, but the, they're excited to show you their Lego creation or a picture they drew or a story that they wrote. And it's easy to to walk past that moment. I, I can't tell you how many times God has said, "Well, hey, turn around and look mm-hmm. at that." Um, and and so just be kind of cognizant of that. Um, it's really important. It's really important that we protect our kids from humiliation, even if that means that we're the ones embarrassing them. Um, correct them in private, even if that means um, in front, like your only your uh, immediate, immediate family. Immediate just, family. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't think of that word. Um, your immediate family. Just separate that one child. Just say, "Hey, can I visit with you in my room?" and and separating them cr- creates a cushion where this embarrassing thing is not made public. Um, never discipline your child in front of people. It, it's, it's demeaning. And they, they take it into their heart that I am bad. And by separating them, and, and you can tell them, we're, the only reason we're in my room is because I didn't want you to get embarrassed and just make it known that you're protecting their heart. And this, this includes big kids too, by the way. Um, you know, I've recently done this with, you know, just even older kids, some of them that even weren't mine, but I mean that just, you know, so give them that same level of respect. Yeah. And if, if you have a family member, maybe you're at a Thanksgiving gathering and you have one family member that's not a part of your immediate family that just won't let it go. They, they tease your children mercilessly or they, maybe they're just barraging them with questions or something like that. And you could, you can see your kids shutting down, come to their rescue. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can think of, I had certain, <clears throat> certain family members that I can think of that even would pick on, you know, attributes, you know, that, uh, I was weak in or something like that, that created long-term effects. Uh, so just, just know that when you step in and fill a gap, you're a hero Yeah. and you gain, you gain ground and turf with your kid, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think that this is one of the, we're going to, uh, out of all the things we've said tonight, this is one of the most important things we've, we're going to close on this. And that is to protect the purity and innocence of your kid. 
giving your kid a phone, even though you say, well, I've got to protect it. And then, well, do, do that. Go to all those things. But you give a kid. I remember one time um, down at Hope Choice, there was an eight-year-old little girl came in addicted to porn. Kids, you know, the parents gave the kid uh, a tablet, and she found pornography and was addicted to it. And they're like, well, why didn't you take it away? Well, like, it's hers. I mean, like, smack. This is when you want to just smack somebody. I mean, how stupid are you that you're their parent and you let you – it's hers? No, it is not hers. <laughs> And so I know that most of y'all listening to me aren't anywhere in that realm, okay? But you, we have got to protect their innocence. I don't watch movies with nudity in them. I, when I, and I do this for several reasons. One, I don't want to have it in my head because it dishonors God and it dishonors my bride. When I, I don't want these images in my, in my mind because they're not going to be pure. Uh, in Philippians four eight and nine it talks about whatever is pure whatever is noble whatever is you know lovely you know and, and so when, when we talk about these things you know we have to apply that not only to our children but to ourselves and teaching them that is the standard if you don't know if a movie's worth seeing or not if it has this this or this in it and it doesn't fit that standard then we don't see it. We don't. And many believers are watching garbage. Well, I mean, so there, I remember years back that horrible Fifty Shades of Grey. We we heard of people, Christians, having getting babysitters and going and watching that show. Let me tell you something. That is that is porno. That is pornographic. Nothing fruitful is going to come from that. Is going to be is going to be trash and sin that comes out. Well, and something that the, the way I've taught our kids about sex. Sex is created by God, and it is a holy thing, and it is good because he made it. The enemy will take it and pervert it. God made it for one man, one woman who are married to each other, no one else watching. And this is not going to be popular. No, like, it, it's not. Every time I bring it up, I, I can't tell you how many lunches I've had yeah. with guys and I say, I don't watch movies with nudity. And, you know, they'll, they, they want to ridicule and like, listen, you know. Does that honor God? Does it honor your wife? If it doesn't. Right. And to teach our kids the same level of standard is to is teaching them a discipline of holiness. In Hebrews 12, it says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So we're stepping on toes. I know, we, I know we probably are. But listen, we want to tell you this, that, that we're not condemning you. No. We're trying to. We, we, I have been there. I remember on numerous occasions, you know, how it affected me. And I did not feel closer to God from, because of it. Right. Listen, I want to say this. You know, I shared my testimony last week on episode uh, or the, the part one of this parenting series. Um, but I, I will, I'm going to share it again in a different way. But I want to say this. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's the most important decision of your life. Reach out to us. Put it in the comments. I actually look at the comments and, and, and just say, hey, listen, be praying for me. Or, hey, can, can I talk to you? And I will get, if, if you want to talk to me or if you want me to put you in contact with a pastor, or if you just want to come by the church or if you want to approach me at church, feel free. I just want to tell you this. Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for you. And even though we talked about kind of some hard things tonight, we are not condemning you in any way. That is not who we are. And that is not who Jesus is. We are call, He is calling us to a higher to a higher standard, to a high, because he is the highest authority. I hope to uh, hope that this podcast has blessed you. If it has, please like and subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Share with somebody else, and we will see you on the next podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. 
We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.